Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Today's guest, Matt Barnes, a name that you've heard over the course of the years because he is a 14-year, or was, he's just say he's retired now, 14-year NBA veteran, played on a bunch of different teams, always was a glue guy, defensive stopper, one of the most respected players in the league. Also, he's had quite the life off the court. Of course, he had a very public relationship that was sometimes chronicled on shows like Basketball Wives. He had an infamous incident with an ex-teammate, Derek Fisher, that has been talked about everywhere, including Kanye West. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And also, he's done tremendous work. Uh, I say also, but most importantly, he's done tremendous work fighting cancer and being a voice uh, for social justice in his community. Matt Barnes is a multifaceted dude on the podcast. We talk about a movie project that he's trying to get off the ground. His relationship with marijuana over his basketball career and a hilarious story that's never been told before. I've never heard it before about what he actually had to go through to get in the car and go and have a fight with Derek Fisher. That is funny stuff, man. This was one of my favorite interviews that we've done. Brother has a lot of knowledge and doesn't hold anything back. Pop some pills. Let's get into it. Everybody, give it up for Matt Barnes on the Red Pill Podcast, man. White people clap for Matt Barnes. Oh, yeah, you're talking shit, huh? Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I don't fuck around. I got my freedom now. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, should have gave you niggas money. And should have never. He should have never walked in here. Now they, <sighs> now they can't do nothing to buy that. I say whatever I want. Um... A lot to talk to you about, bro. You're one of the more intriguing figures in sports to me. Because you have like a, a gravitas, like a like a reputation. Um, like people respect Matt Barnes so much and you seem to, it seems like to have no bullshit with you. What, where do you feel like that comes from? I just, I just keep it real, man. I think that's what it is from, from the jump. Um, you know, I'm someone that would tell it to you straight you know what mm-hmm. i mean not what you want to hear but what you you know you need and you should hear and and that's how i expect people to talk back to me so i just think it's just a no nonsense respect you know i got something to say to you type situation so i just think uh it goes it, it shit goes a long way now you play how many years in the nba again 14 14 so mm-hmm. long ass career mm-hmm. in the nba most people will tell you that being a straight shooter not missing your words or anything like that is not the way to last in the league right. for as long as you did. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think uh, that hurt me at the same time. I think through my career, you know, my, my, my willingness to speak up on anything mm-hmm. that I felt passionate about definitely hurt me. It cost me. But at the same time, I was someone that was, I was blessed and fortunate to be able to play that long. And but I wasn't a, a puppet or a robot. They didn't own me, you know. They Word. just owned my likeness or whatever the hell they own. So I was always the one that was going to speak up on injustice, uh, sh- shit that wasn't fair. Whether it was my team, the league, a whole different league, th- the president, whatever it may be, I'm gonna speak up on it because I know there's so many people that probably feel the same way as me, but don't 
obviously, first of all, probably have the platform, but then maybe just 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 the heart to say the shit I say. Mm. What do you, what do you feel like it cost you? How did it hurt you? Any situation you um, like maybe lost out on? Or? I mean, I just like I said, I I was a wild card. So if you knew me, you knew what kind of person I was. But if you saw me, the person that the media portrays, you know, where you're, I'm only being shown when I'm getting a technical foul or I'm fighting somebody or I'm doing something like that. So from the outside looking in, I, I definitely think it made me a wild card. So mm-hmm. it, companies or, or, or people may be like, okay, well, we know who he is. Let's stay away from him when it would be exact opposite. You know what I mean? If you took the time to get to know me and saw what kind of person I was, you'd be like, damn, okay, well, I understand where that comes from now. But most of the time, people don't take that time. So it's it's pretty much like, fuck it. So fuck him, fuck it. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> get to... I over the last couple of years, <clears throat> I guess people could say the same thing about me. Over the last couple of years, I've seen how involved you are sort of in social issues and about some of the injustices that you see. Really to be honest with you, it wasn't until was it four or five years ago you did the deal with Vice where, you know, you they went through yeah. and they talked with you about mm-hmm. sort of where you came from in Northern California and stuff right. like that. Yeah. I didn't realize that had kind of been your story. Um what made you start becoming more vocal about some of the things that you see in society? Because I feel like a lot of that stuff happened to me, and mm. people may not realize it or understand it. Or when you say a lot of that stuff, what you mean? Just police fucking with me, uh, a lot of racism, um, stereotypes, uh, just all that stuff that happens to a lot of minorities out here was happening to someone. And you know, at the time, I was on the on the highest stage in the world. You know, I mean, I was I was, I was an NBA player. You know what I mean? So it doesn't get any bigger than that. So I'm always someone that wanted to speak for those people who, like I said, who didn't have a voice because I'm just like them. Mm-hmm. I come from the same place. You know what I mean? My my <clears throat> parents were drug addicts. My dad was a drug dealer. I came from nothing and and, and made something out of it. You know what I mean? So I, I have something to say. I have a lot of experience in just life as a whole, so I'm gonna speak on it. Did you feel racism when you were coming up? In yeah, like, a lot. Life? Well, like how so? Like, well, I was I was I was born and raised in San Jose, uh, somewhat the Bay Area, and then not a place that you would think. It, it, it's not synonymous. So it wasn't. So that's what I'm saying. So it wasn't really there. So when right. we had to make a move, we moved to Sacramento. Um, when I was about nine, and that's for the first time in my life. You know, I'm Italian and black, but I was never really around white kids. Mm-hmm. Until I was nine, and and my parents all like I said, all I, I called them, <clears throat> you know, functioning users because we never went without. You know, we were never we were always fed, we were always dressed. We just saw a lot of real shit at the young age. So for the first time in my life, you know, they put me in they put me in a, in better schools. You know what I mean? So I went from the Bay Area or San Jose to Sacramento, where I went from like third grade back to kindergarten to go do some stuff. Cause that's just how Word. far behind I was, wow. you know what I mean? And it was just all white kids. So it was nigga this, nigga that. So I was always fighting. And my dad told me, you know, if they call you nigga fight. So yeah. from the jump, I was just always fighting so much that my mom had to come get like a, like a yard duty job at the school during recess and lunchtime because I was just always getting into it. To keep it. an eye on you? Cause they were just fucking with me so much. Word. You know what I mean? So it was just, that was, that was my only means, you know, so until I really got a chance to, um, you know, play, because they wouldn't let me play no basketball, no football, no, you know, no no baseball. And as a Who kid, wouldn't let you play? Just the kids, the white kids, they wouldn't let me play because I just, I wasn't white. You know what or, I mean? So it was it was crazy to me to be to like, dominated. whatever it was, like they just didn't really want me to play. So as a, as a like youngster, you don't like understand that. Five and he's you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I was my kid's age right now, and I, I, it, it, would, it would break my heart to think like some kids wouldn't let them play just yeah. because of, you know what I mean? So 
it was some, and so until they let me start playing through sports and I was the best in everything, then they kind of gave me a chance to show who I was, and that's how I became friends. So, yeah. you know, I still have friends from third and fourth grade from there once I really got a chance to show who I was. So, like I said, I just came through a lot of racial stuff. My high school was vandalized by the KKK. By the KKK in Sacramento? Yeah, man, that shit was on. That, that, I'm from it. Louisiana. I expected, yeah. like, KKK nah, in Sacramento yeah, vandalized your yeah, high school. Yeah, heavy, heavy. When did that, like, what, 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 19, tell me about 1997, that. so there was, there, was this, uh, there was this kid messing with my sister. It was my uh, senior year. It was right before I uh, left for UCLA. And uh, he was just kept calling her a nigga. She would come tell me, but, you know, she would, but nothing would happen. So one day he called her a nigga, and he spit in her hair. And it just happened to be the end of school. So my sister see me. I was about to leave, and she comes to me crying with, you know, her little girlfriends and has some spit in her hair and told me what happened. And unfortunately for that kid, he happened to just be walking by as she was telling me. So I just, beat, I, yeah, I just beat the shit out of him. Right. Literally beat the shit out of him. And um, <laughs> say literally, he just, shit himself. I don't know if he should have. He, he might have. <laughs> you know, he might have. But um, <clears throat> so obviously, we you know we go to the office, we get there, and, and they don't believe. You know, they think I'm on some bully shit. Yeah. Like not noticing that my sister's crying with spitting her hair. Her friends are there to back him up, and you know this this kid's dad's a prominent lawyer in this city, and he wouldn't do something like that. So, long story short, they suspended me for like a whole week. So like I think on the Thursday end of my suspension, like the school was vandalized broke windows burned stuff swastikas everywhere they hung a mannequin with my football uniform on saying die nigger like all kinds of crazy shit what the NAACP and every everybody came up to sack to kind of like hold it down but it was it was crazy out there how what, what ended up getting <clears throat> it did it just go away it just went away you? and then like, and like I said this was this was probably three months before I graduated and I was going off to college so I was just Jesus. you know once I came to LA I never really I love Sacramento. I got love for Sacramento. I got love for certain people. For, but for some people, it's it's tough for me because of you know just just the, the shit I had to go through. Yeah. So experiencing that racism <clears throat> there and that you know, you know, I'm I'm gonna be real with you. I'm from the I'm from the south, uh -huh. and obviously you know I heard that word thrown around, but I've never been hung in effigy before. Right. Um, being biracial and seeing stuff like that, how do you reconcile your opinion sort of of white people? when you're part white right and being biracial is tough people don't understand because you really don't have a side you know what i mean like you can't run to the black side because you're not black enough or your hair may be different and then i'm definitely don't look white yeah. you know what i mean so you're kind of really caught in the middle to kind of fit for yourself so yeah. no um, crazy about that is i was like back in the day somebody was like they was talking about this dude and they was like He's the first Latino player in the history of NBA. And yeah. I was like, no, he's not. Matt Barnes been in the league for like yeah. Nah. I thought you were Latino, dog. Nah, everyone thought, like when I came to the Lakers, because everyone thought like I was the tallest, tallest Mexican. But <laughs> They loved me because they thought I was they thought I was Mexican for real. Like when I came to the Lakers, when I really kind of found like the the essays and the, you know the Mexican <laughs> they people, they love. love man. Right. They show major. I mean, Kobe is up there with God himself. Yeah, Any, like, you know what I mean? Right. So I found that out, and then I remember I did an interview where I said you know I was Italian and black, and uh, it, it wasn't like a uh, but like it surprised a lot of people. Right? You know what I mean? So, uh, but you were saying though, so you don't really have a place to run. As yeah, I I just yeah. you know so I, I don't hold it. <laughs> I don't hold it against white people because I've seen it, and mm -hmm. I and I, you know, I come from a, you know, my my mom's family didn't accept us as children until you know they're old Crazy. school Italian, yeah. didn't accept us until you know maybe I was five or six years old, you know what I mean? So I've seen it from even a family point of view. So I just understand it really well, and 
I'm going to speak up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not just die hard. I mean, I love everybody, but I'm not just, no matter what, black people are always right. They're never wrong and no shit like that. I'm just very reasonable. We all fuck up. Nobody's perfect, you know, yeah. but there's a difference between good and bad. Yeah. Plain and simple. And that's just where I stand. Intent, right? Like, right. if you're, everybody, anybody can mess up. Anybody right. can fuck up. But right. if your intent is not to be a racist, justice-hating bigot, right. then that's going to come right. up. Right. Because right. I think, I mean, everyone has a little bit of hate in them for one one thing or another. Sure. You know what I mean? We hate on, as a black community, we, we hate on ourselves tremendously. And it's crazy the jealousy and envy we have instead of realizing that if we come together, how motherfucking powerful, like we move culture as a whole. Like Without everything doubt. we do is culture. Right. You know what I mean? They did the, the Nike thing with Cap and you see all these clowns out here boycotting and burning shit and then Nike's market is at an all-time high right now. Yeah. You know, like, come on, man. We don't need y'all anyway you know what i mean so if, if we would just really you know do more together you know i, I love seeing you know drake and meek squash the shit you that know, was they're, amazing they're two of the most talented people in the and game I, and, and it's crazy <clears throat> is that the, something that bothered me <clears throat> is i saw so many people I saw so many people. I put a picture up there. I saw Drake and me. It did my spirit good. Man, to see those brothers man, they're so I saw talented. So many people in the comment section of the post that I put on Instagram, like this is corny. It's a publicity nah. stunt. Why? Because we live in a society where you don't want to see people happy and doing well and and coming together. You know what I mean? So I think it's amazing. You know, there's enough money and space for all of all us, of us yeah. to eat. And like I said, you're always, you know, this one Drake is this, but you add Meek and then you add some other people. Like, you know, when you become a fist, like she could take the world over, not just in music, but just life. Right. You know what I mean? In general. So that's what I'm always trying to tell people, man, is. Life is too short to be hating or mad at someone. Like to be able to wake up every morning and just troll Instagram and leave negative comments. Like for what? Mm. Like, what the fuck? Like what is wrong with your life that make you feel like you got to do some shit like that? So it, we live in an unfortunate society where it's just people don't want to see people do well. People don't. People aren't happy with themselves, so they want to criticize others because mm. you know we're chasing our dreams, following our dream, on our hustle, and you're not. You know, so it's just it's a crazy world, man. So. You mentioned a little bit about Cap and what's going on. I I'm sure I could sort of hypothesize or guess your thoughts about what sort of what Kaepernick is going through with the NFL. Um, it's bullshit. Right. I had Jason Whitlock on the podcast <clears throat> just recently. And I said when I was on the podcast with Jason Whitlock that I felt like the NBA um, – had a better reputation and dealt with social issues with their players a lot better than what the NFL has. Night and day. Uh, I believe that the NFL is colluding against Colin Kaepernick. I believe that the NFL no question. has proven itself to be a racist organization. No question. Whitlock pushed back, as you would expect him to, <laughs> saying that the NBA really is no different. And you are the first NBA player we've had up here on the Red Pill. Do you think that the NBA handles social issues better? It's night and day. They, uh, you know, they allow us to the freedom of speech. Really, I mean, here and there, you're gonna get fined like me. They, they, they ding me a few times in the pocket, but for the most part, like, you know, we're out here wearing I can't breathe shirts in warmups yeah. on nationally televised games. Like, you couldn't see no shit like that in the NFL. You know right. what I mean? So it's just more. They want to keep us mindful that we're you know, representing more than just ourselves, which I'm sure football players know too, that you're representing an organization and a fan base and, and your teammates and all that kind of shit. But they allow you to speak up and be heard. And I think that's important because you don't get any bigger platform. <clears throat> it's really than professional sports, you yeah. know, basketball, football, 
soccer, uh, you know, these, these stages. So if it's, if it's something you feel passionate about, it's, it, I think it's great that the NBA allows us to utilize our platform without, you know, punishing us because our voices are heard. And when we're, when we're putting a positive message out there, even though it, it may be something that people don't want to hear, you know, people fear the truth. But if you're allowed to really, you know, put that message out there on the platform we have, there's no better no better stage to do it on. What, what, what do you think the difference is? Why do you feel like the NFL seems to want to stifle their players in the NBA? I think the football. I them? think the NFL is more older oil money, like the last of the good old boys. Mm. You know what I mean? I think you know, and I don't really know Jerry Jones's views, but just you know, it kind of seems like those kind of oil guys that just—that's all they know. That's Why how they grew up. Jerry Jones specifically, because I think he's. When you think of good old boys, I think Jerry Jones is probably a good old boy. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but some of those guys do have a bad view on black athletes or, you know, however you want to put it as a whole. You know what I mean? Like, they think lesser. I mean, you know what I mean? That Donald, Donald Sterling shit with the Clippers when I was with the Clippers, he's not the only person that thinks like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just the only one dumb enough to get caught saying it. Right. So it's just... <clears throat> I, like I said, I think a majority of these football teams are, you know, cut from that cloth. The older, you know, 70, 80-year-old guys that, you know, their breed and their generation is slowly but surely kind of fading away. And there's a new generation coming up. So it's just, I think it's a different type of owners. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure there could be some NBA owners that feel the same way. You know, they're just not dumb enough to speak out on it. But um, like do I you said. Think, do you think some of the <clears throat> some of the issues in the in – the, uh, in the NFL come from owners who are just out of touch generationally or do you feel like they're out and out racist owners in the NFL? I really don't know them personally so I can't say okay. you know one way or another. I just think for sure they're out they're 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 out of touch with this generation. Mm -hmm. There's no question about that, but I can't really say like you're a racist cuz I you know you like I said know. I don't know them personally, but um you know some of the things they may do may come off as racist, but mm -hmm. like they may not know no better or they could just like we said be a out of touch with culture. You do a lot of stuff um for a lot of different sort of organizations. Obviously we were talking about the Matt Barnes cancer turn up weekend. Well, not pro cancer, anti cancer, fight against cancer weekend that I don't get invited to because I'm not cool <laughs> uh, enough. Come That's on, cool. Man. It's all gravy, dog. Now you're locked in now. Um, you better show up next uh, year, too. I'm going to be there. All right. What made you get into sort of fighting that disease? What makes you do the outreach that you do in the community? Talk a little um, bit about that. My mom was diagnosed with cancer November 1st, 2007, and she died November 27th. Oh, so within you. 26 days, thank you, <clears throat> within 26 days, she died from cancer. She was diagnosed with four cancers, all in stage four. Man. And like once they found out, she was gone within, you know, four weeks. So kind of after the clouds cleared with that. I just figured out I needed to do something like how can I give back you know what can I do to assure people don't have to feel this pain or help people that are going through this kind of situation because you know I had the means to so uh, I started my athletes first cancer in 2008 and we've just continued to grow over the years you know we used to start with um, health clinics I'd, I'd have mobile screening units out there to get checked for uh, you know different uh, diseases and we do health fairs where we'd have you know dentists and doctors come out and just kind of check the community out the underprivileged communities for free uh, and then we kind of transitioned into paying for anything cancer related so whether it be a funeral um, hospice surgeries medicines backed up bills um, anything that just had to pertain to cancer um, we paid for and now I'm 
transitioning into a, a scholarship program for kids who've beat cancer that want to go to college. So mm. <clears throat> I do a lot of different stuff in the cancer field, but you know, I'm one of those people, like I mentioned earlier, like when the media put shit out about me, they don't put that out there. They're going to yeah. put me fighting Derek or they're going to put me getting kicked out of a game or getting technical fouls or cussing a ref out. Like, that's what they're going to put. So it's stuff that I've been doing for a long time. And, you know, now that I'm kind of out of the, the 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 shadow of the NBA, people are really starting to get to know, like, the real me and what I'm all about. Yeah, you know, um, interesting thing. I did a, a – I was in D.C. last week, and we talked a little bit about sort of um, the – unsung underlying issues in the community that we don't talk about like we don't talk about in the fact of the community that we're because of where we live because of maybe some of the conditions mold in your home or you live under a power line or something like that that some of these diseases and some of these ailments that we get <clears throat> excuse me they also have to do with a sort of systemic racism right because we don't have sort of some of the uh uh, the 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 living conditions and the things like that that would keep us healthy um, is part of what you do in order to educate the community on kind of how, kind of how to keep themselves healthier as well. But we're fighting this disease because uh, you feel like there's a specific evil that has to do with cancer and you want to wipe it off the face. Uh, I think a little bit of both. Okay. Um, you know, to, and to keep it all the way real with you, I really feel like somewhere out there we probably have the cure for cancer. You know what I mean? Really? I think so. There's so many intelligent people out there that, so you we, know, when you, you feel like we have the cure for cancer. I think cancer. possibly somewhere, possibly somewhere. There, like I said, there's a lot of brilliant people out there. And like I discovered, think, like we've discovered I it think or so. it exists. I, I think so. I think so. But you know, I think that you know the the pharmaceutical company is a billion dollar industry. You know what I mean? And that that and that's a that's a an engine that needs to be fed. Yo, I've heard this. You before. know what I mean? So it's just. I've heard this Who knows? I'm not saying there is. I just think possibly. I just think there's too many intelligent people on this planet for us not to have a cure for this disease that we've been hunting and have billions of dollars studying for. Right. You know. So yeah. Um, one of my homies was like, uh, one of my homies was talking about um, this little ailment that uh, that he has, and he has to kind of watch it. It pops up every now and again. And he was telling me, I know they got a cure. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was telling them, nigga, don't be talking about they got a cure because you had a bad Saturday night one time. Uh, Just deal with uh, your issue for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't say your name, dog. Uh, I didn't say your name, so don't even get mad. You know, different people did. It's just a skin thing, dog. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dog, I'm not, I'm not gonna put this, I'm not gonna put this business out in the street. But I tell you what, but you know who you are. You know who you are. And the funniest call I ever got was when. He was realizing that that's what it was. <laughs> he was like, yo, what you think I should do? I was like, I ain't gonna lie, bro. It might be time to consider going on in, man. You had a good run. Life was good for you. And he was like, you serious? I'm like, nah, nigga, just deal with it. What you gonna do? But but nah, the point is, is that <clears throat> a lot of people believe that pharmaceutical, I'm just saying, a lot of people believe that pharmaceutical oh, companies, um, that pharmaceutical companies are sort of using these different um uh, drugs to control people, even even sort of things that have to do with mental health and stuff like that. So I'm just saying, you know, it's not out of the question. You know, when you read up on stuff and, you know, even like back in the day, you know, we're working on the Hugh Newton project still where, you know, when he went into jail, they didn't want him to come out the same way. Mm. So they started feeding him and pumping him full of shit. You know what I mean? So it's just... Talk about that a little bit. 
I mean, that was that's what that was. Well, you talk, know what talk I mean? about the Huey Newton project. Uh, I mean, it's just you know we announced it, and then um, you know this is something that just takes time. So so putting the the right pieces together. Um, are very important. And people don't know, like, what is it? Though? Oh, yeah, the I'm, you know, fortunate enough to be able to do the Huey Newton biopic. Mm. Um, you know, so, we're, we're, like I said, we're working on that um, and, and talking to some high-end directors on that, uh, on that end um, about possibly doing the film. You know what I mean? We've, we've reached out. I made some, fr- some, some friendly calls out there to, uh, you know, John Singleton. Um, that would be fantastic. And then my homeboy Ryan Krugler. You know, oh what I mean? yeah, from up yeah. there, in, uh, from, from up the there, Bay, the yeah. Bay himself, he, Sacramento, he played, yeah, Sacramento he, State. Right? Well, he's from yeah, he's from Oakland though. But yeah. uh, he, you know, he played college football. My brother. So, you know, there's a couple people. I'm, I'm our team is talking to. That would be a fantastic look for him. He's from there. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's only you know I went actually it's a crazy story. So I went pitched it to him while he was in, uh, in January at Disney. Um, you know, finishing up. So Black Panther came out in February. So this mm-hmm. is right before he's finishing up Black Panther. So he showed me some cuts, and we were walking around Disney, and it was just like. But you got to see an advanced cut of Black Panther. It wasn't a whole cut. It was, it was a segment where they were putting. Uh, I love how niggas stunt. I was up nah, Disney. Nah, nah. So, but Ryan no, Cooler. but it, but it kind of gets, it gets back around to full circle. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, we're walking around here, and like the only two black people besides, the, you know, kind of the, the, his brother and someone else they brought in, like on on Disney lot. Yeah. And you know, he kind of said he. You know, at the beginning, it was you know just it was it was a culture shock for everyone. I think you know what sure. I mean that this kid is getting a bunch of money to make this movie on Disney yeah. of all things. You know what I mean. So anyway, back to my story. You know, we we talked about it then, and you know him being from the Bay. You know, it was a project he was definitely interested in, but I don't think he or anybody knew how big Black Panther was going to be. Uh, you yeah, know what I mean. I mean? No, so <laughs> legendary. There's no way you, know? you can. No way you can. The legendary. Quantify. You yeah, know what I mean. So huge. But yeah, we're working on that, and you know. But like I said, that one part about the pharmaceutical company. Getting back to what we were talking about is, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 know what they're doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and they've been very successful. And I think now that we have so much access and resources, that we're kind of starting to, you know, blow the whistle on stuff. Uh, and that's why I think it's important to continue to talk on social issues. You know what I mean? Because your your voice will be. You know, what I mean, Calvin Kaepernick's name is going to be known forever now for mm-hmm. what he did you know he's going down in the books with Muhammad Ali and Kareem and all those guys that shot us uh, fought for injustice for us back in the day so you know when you speak up on something you're passionate about it's going to be heard sure now <clears throat> you've talked about sort of some of the things that you feel like have been misconstrued by the media or excuse me overly heightened or highlighted by the media is there one thing that you can look back on throughout the career and the public life of Matt Barnes to where you're like, yo, I wish I wouldn't have fucking done that. Nothing. Nothing. I think because everything, you know, and that's not to say that I haven't made mistakes because I've made plenty of mistakes, but I think I've learned from them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'd be the person I am if I were able to, you know, go back and correct my fuck-ups because, you know, the fuck-ups build character, you know, they build resolve, and you got to learn from your mistakes. You know, that's how you become a better person. So, you know, everything I did, like I said, wasn't right, probably, but at at the time (laughs) it was, you know, I'm a very passionate person, so anything I'm going to do, like, there's passion and reason behind it. So, no, I wouldn't take nothing back. Nothing. Um, so, it's weird because in the reputation that you have, it's like a lot of people also would be like, you know, if you make a list of guys in the league that you don't kind of want to fuck with, like one of those guys is Matt Barnes. Like, they have, you have a, a reputation of sort of being like a real tough dude or a real dude. <clears throat> Are there fake tough guys in the NBA? I hear a lot, a lot of times about the fake tough guys. 
Um, I mean, you definitely got your you're here and there guys that like will hold me back type situations. Like, yeah. okay, I want to get you, but let me make sure someone's in front of me so that they can grab me first mm-hmm. type situations. Um, you know, but like I said, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like speaking on people I personally don't know. You know what Word. I mean? Because like I said, that so many times people do that about me. Like, oh, he must be this way, this way, and that way, and then they meet me like, damn, you're cool as fuck. Right, you know right. I mean? Nothing yeah. like we thought you were. So, you know what I mean? So I don't. I know there's definitely some real ones. You know what I mean? There, there's <laughs> yeah. some real ones out there that I played with and I was with. But who's the um, realest? Who's the realest dude that you would say you play with? All the times you have to know they have to go down this dude. Got man. Your realest guy you ever played with? Um, probably uh, Stephen Jackson or Zach Randolph. <laughs> Two good ass names. Yeah, I think those. I mean, and I, and I shout play, out to Jack, man. Yeah, and I play with a lot of other ones. Um, you know what I mean? But those guys definitely, you know what I mean, at the drop of a dime, are ready to do what needs man, to be Jack done. Jack like the bullshit. Yeah, no, Jack is with it. <laughs> That's why I mean our team in Golden that we, that 2017 man that that was a crazy ass team because we had a whole when I try to explain to people was we had a whole team of Draymonds. A whole a, squad a whole of Draymonds. team of Draymonds from Baron to myself to Stack Jack to, you know, don't get out, man, because he'll start tripping. You know, Jay Rich, when you get Jay Rich tripping, <laughs> Jay Rich will trip. You know what I mean? So we just had a whole that team a of just, team. man, that we just had dogs. You know what I mean? So that shit was dope. Yeah, well, that, that was a fun ass team. You remember that, Jason? They took out uh, Dallas in the first round. Jason, they took out Dallas in the first round. Is he a Dallas boy? Yeah, well, nah, he doesn't. He's not, he's not a Dallas boy. But he he's, he likes New York. But because Dallas's lead player was a white boy, Jason Roos for them. So so the rest so the rest of everybody else when Baron when Baron dunked on Dirt and Visky. No, he dunked on Karolinko. I dunked no. on Dirk. Wait 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 wait. Oh, he dunked on Karolinko. He dunked. Wait, he didn't get Dirk. No, he dunked on Karolinko. He dunked on Karolinko. Everybody else when that happened, we was like that was like a blow for the culture. Jason and then was kind of like fuck man. Like what? What the hell is going on with this? No, Steve, Stack Jack is my guy. Yeah, Jack is cool, and he's. So you don't want to put your you want to put this you want to put your head on this. Yeah. Oh yes. That's, but he's another person. Like he's you know similar to myself. With just there's such a misconception of who he is, and now that he's you know. He has out, out here working with Fox and or where is he ESPN? Mm-hmm. He's big time. Yeah, he's a, no, he's he is, huge. You know what I mean? He's BS. Look, we, you get a chance to see who he really is, and Jack is cool as fuck. Great guy. Mm-hmm. We had Jack and Al Harrington in here. Yep. And they had they they shout out to them in the Viola Viola brand, yeah. the Viola stuff. I'm fucking with Viola too. Yeah. So they gave me some true story. So Jack and them come in. They 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 laces. They give us all of this different Viola stuff. I got my vape pen and all that stuff like that. And they also gave me three cookies. Ooh. So it's All Star Weekend. Ooh. Shout out to Dennis Graham, Laura, Dane Dash. I'm going to a party, and I'm hungry. So I don't want to go to the party. I'm hungry. So I'm like, you know what? Horrible move. On the way. I'm going to tell you right now. Horrible move. So I'm like, on the way over here. Because you fucked them up. I'm all the way over here. I'm going to have a little bit of these cookies. The fucking thing that Jack and them don't tell you about the cookies is that the cookies taste fucking good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why if you're hungry, it's a wrap. You're, yeah. you're going down. I eat the three cookies. Three? Three of them. I ate all three of the cookies. I eat the three cookies. I get there, and I, I don't know if I've told, told this story on here before. I have like a half a glass of Cavassier, and I walk up to okay. Styles P, who's at the party, and I go, yo, Jada Kiss, yo. <laughs> I, I, I love your shit. And Laura pulls me away. She's like, yo, what SP. are you? It's not the fuck. That's Styles P. I'm like, it's still the locks. Nigga, don't talk to me like this. I'm slurring my speech. Mm. The room is spinning. 
That shit was good though, man. Yeah, no, that's a lot though. Three I is a lot. My dad took some edibles one time at my nephew's birthday party and he like disappeared for like five or six hours. <laughs> And we couldn't find it for shit. And then I, I used to have this place underneath my, this is back my early, my early mid-20s when I used to have this, the Kick It house. Right. And I had a place called The Dungeon down below. And it's where we just got high and played video games at. And we found him down there in his tidy whities with like the AC on 50, like knocked out. <laughs> and he slept, he, he stayed the night and stayed until the next day too. That's, that's the one time I realized like, and my dad had just done it all. Right. You know what I mean? so, <laughs> If that shit is laying my dad down, like it's not it's, for it's me. Not, it's not. I'm, I'm just gonna stick to this. Around. I'm just gonna stick to this. I'm gonna stick to this oh. tree. Yeah, oh. I'm not playing games with you guys like that. Question I always wanted to. I was gonna ask you when I saw you is like, when you if the ball in Kobe's face and he didn't flinch, uh, what did you think? I mean, that was just kind of like a weird situation because y'all niggas was that was a testy ass game. Yeah, that was right before the playoffs. We were going out. I think we were one in the East with Orlando, and mm -hmm. they were one or two in the West. And it was just, you know, it was good in course playoff time. So it was just physical, chippy basketball. And he was just on this Kobe shit where he was, you know, elbowing me and doing dirty shit to me. And I just had Is enough. Kobe dirty? No, Kobe tries to mentally, because he's already physically gifted. So he tries to mentally fuck you up too. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't happening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just told him at one point, like, you know, we could play basketball. We could fight. Like, straight <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> straight up. You know what I mean? So... When the whole ball fake thing took place, it wasn't even like it was something that was like premeditated. When I tell you on my kids, I faked the ball, like not even looking at him, not even knowing how close it came or nothing. Cause I was looking at weird, you know, the play was running. We were doing an up screen for Vince. Vince was supposed to get a back door. So I was looking at the whole play transpire. So when I seen it on film, that that shit came like this close it to nearly, his face. Yeah. And he didn't flinch. I'm like, that's, that's a cold motherfucker right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight up, but you know, funny enough. So that's when, that summer, yeah, that's or that season. So that's when we should have fucking we had dominated Boston the whole season, and then you know our coach Stan Van Gunny changed some shit up in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they end up whipping our ass. So we were supposed to play them in the finals. That shit would have been dope. But anyway, my contract was up that year, and I was negotiating with Orlando, and then out of the blue, Kobe hits me up like, "Yo, you want to be a Laker?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" And like five days later, I was a Laker. Mm. So I think that's what kind of came from that. So is 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 like Kobe one of those guys like? Or are there guys in the NBA to where you get? Because kind of the same thing happened between him and Artest. Like before, yeah, Artest. he's not dumb. He just gets people that he knows that you know that have. Because Kobe's that way. You know what I mean? Kobe doesn't want to have to fight because he's the best player, but he would fight. You know, I believe. So why not just have motherfuckers you know that will have your back like that? You know yeah. what I mean? So he went out and got me and Ron, and, it, and we had a cool run, man. Unfortunately, it was the last year with Phil. Uh, you know, when Phil retired, uh, ended up retiring early, I tore my knee that first year with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we had Mike Brown, and it was it was downhill from there. But that shit was a blast, man, playing with him. I've never played with somebody so just light. And I played with some greats just locked into the game, man. Just What do you mean by that? I remember this once we took this trip to Spain early in the season because Powell was from out there. And everyone, you know, everyone brought their family on these big ass planes where you could lay down and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I just seen him with his headphones on, and I thought he was over there rapping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we 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 saw he when he did his rap shit. So I just, yeah, you know, I couldn't sleep either. So I went over there and uh, saw what he was doing. And he had like fifty little half courts drawn on this piece of paper. And he starts showing me. He's just like, I'm trying to see where you got my teammates are going to be open at he's like i know the guy guarding me and then i always see the guy the second guy uh 
that's going to guard me, and then the help. So he knows that every time like three guys are going to be, he's like, I don't even look at the first. I don't even look at my defender. I'm looking at the two guys I know that are going to help. So he was just trying to figure out within that where we're going to be open out on the court. Damn. And when he broke that shit down to me, I'm just like, he just had just a whole bunch of scribble shit on this paper, and it was like a fucking basketball rain man was, or something like that. He was sick. You know what I mean? Like he's he's special, man. You when you hear when I hear him talk still, like when I you know because he's starting to do some more TV stuff. Like sure, I just love it because detail and all that he's, shit. He's just so in tune with it, man. Like I don't, I've, I've never played with someone that was so in tune with the game, that was so at one with the game, um, that had mentally conquered it and physically conquered the game. Mm. And uh, you know, it was a special. It was special playing with him. Um, of all the guys you play with, who you feel like the most underrated player was? The guy who you like, this nigga can go. Oh, man, there's two <clears throat> players like that. Mm -hmm. That like, if you injected like my heart into them, mm -hmm. it would have been a fucking rap. Mm -hmm. Just the way I go, right. it's uh, Jeff Green and Rudy Gay. Wow. Two guys that are both 6'9", strong, talented, could do anything on the floor. But they're just nice. Like they had just have. When you hear like just nice guys, like yeah. they're just such. Then it's I not even last summer, and, earlier this summer, a great guy. And it's not even a knock on them. They're just nice guys. Right. Like I would want them whenever I play with both of them. Like I would want them to get mad because when they got mad, it was these motherfuckers are sick. Like mm. when I talk about like LeBron's skill level for both these guys, yeah. like they could really control the game. Do I've seen them take over games and do whatever they want with uh, you know in the within the game and. Special man, definitely Rudy Gay and, and Jeff Green both. Hmm. Tough to guard. Who's the toughest guy for you? Because you were a defensive guy. Kobe. Kobe was tough, man. It was Kobe, Melo, D Wade. Yeah, these are all good basketball players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gin Ginobili was a motherfucker too. Ginobili. Ginobili was a motherfucker. <clears throat> what what made Ginobili so hard? Because to you know he was going left and you still couldn't stop. Him. You know what I mean? Because you always see when Ginobili would get that ISO, he'd back the ball all the way up to half court and then call Tim Duncan up, mm -hmm. and you know you got to keep him on the side. But no matter how much you tried, he always got back to his left hand. If he got down that lane, he'll dunk that shit on you. So Ginobili was a monster. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how quickly people forget. Like, we live in such a what have you done for me lately era. True. When I see all the hate Carmelo's getting, like, Carmelo's one of the best players ever. One you of know the what, best bro? motherfucking scoring He's, players of uh, our generation. Amongst these, these <clears throat> ultra-analytical basketball wonder kids, they're starting to become this thing where for some reason people are forgetting Exactly how unguardable and for not for how long <laughs> you couldn't fucking monster. do shit with Carmelo Anthony and is now it's starting to become this thing to where Carmelo Anthony's career is almost sort of becoming like this joke or people are saying like there's something not devastating about the skill set that Carmelo Anthony and I don't understand what's happening it's, it's sickening man it's these analytics and like I said these new age kids that can't do shit themselves <laughs> or owners and GMs that never play basketball that just break the numbers down they really fuck up people like Mel like Mel I, I, it's, I can't recall another superstar getting the amount of disrespect he gets Melo was the one person from posting up to pulling up from 35 feet they could do that yep. and, and had everything in between and he was a dog yep. he just never won and that's not I mean you could try to blame some of it on his faults because the star players always get some stuff but he just had never had teams that could win that were better than the Lakers mm -hmm. or better than the Celtics or you know so you guys in the NBA care about winning so I did 
you know, but well, now there's so much motherfucking money, so now it's probably most likely about getting the money. That's yeah. what that's what's going to be interesting with the Golden State Warriors now that now that there's so much money, are they going to be able to keep that team together? Right. If they do, you know, they can win another, you know, two or three championships. How many more do you think they got? You say two or three? Yeah, cause, uh, I think so. If DeMarcus comes back 75, 80%, which he should with, you know, with, with medicine these days, they won without him last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, now having the best center, he may not be the best when he comes back, but, you know, a top when healthy, a top 10 player in the world mm-hmm. on your team. That, that's always been what the, 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 the Warriors' weaknesses is they never had a big man that could stretch the floor. Now right. you have a five that shoots like a three or a two. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think if they could keep people together, um, they got another two or three years. You've had a great life, obviously, playing in the NBA, right? It's yeah. been dope. Mm-hmm. You know you know a lot of great people. You've doing advanced screenings of Black Panther, you know, <laughs> giving Ryan Coogler advice on the script and all of that nah, stuff. Hell like no, nah, I didn't say um, none of that shit. <clears throat> has the life that you led as an NBA basketball player and as a celebrity, has it been worth the scrutiny into your personal life? That's a good question, man. I knew once we opened up our lives to that bullshit-ass basketball wives that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really have a... It didn't really matter what I thought no more. You right. know what I mean? And that was funny how that went down because for the longest time, my ex wanted to do it. Like, we talked for months about it. I'm just like, no, no, no. We just, shit, we just had twin boys. We're a new couple to begin with. Already kind of going through some shit. Great sons, by the way, bro. Oh, I appreciate that. Those yeah, are my dogs, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so already, you know, just already had a lot on our plate young. I was no, no, no. And when they was first pitched to me, it's, you know, it's wives, you know, stepping outside the shadows of their husbands and raising kids and running foundations and the business side of it. <clears throat> so that's what they tried to pitch me. I still said no. So then finally one day Shaq, because we were playing together, Shaq's just like, man, let, you know, let, let, just let your girl do it. And it's gonna <laughs> do, 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 do. Shaq talked you into it. Yeah, so she asked Shaq, I love you and fuck you for that. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So once it kind of got going, it was just the complete opposite of, of everything it was supposed to be. So, I mean, I, I realized once we opened our lives to the world on that shit that it didn't matter. Like, I can't get mad at someone commenting on my life no more because I allowed them to. Yeah, I'm you. still going to talk shit back to you if I, if I see it. Yeah. But, you know, I can't get mad or it doesn't matter what I think no more because... You know, at, at the time, as a family, we made that decide. You know, we made that choice to open up our lives to the public. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like basketball wives ruined your relationship? No, no, not at all. I mean, I think we. I know I take responsibility. Hopefully, she takes responsibility. You know, for her part in it, and it just she, we ran out of love. That happens. Wow, that's like you know an R and B song. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I just damn. I ran out of love, and I just you know I, I I just I left. You know, and I ended up divorcing her. So I mean, I don't think basketball wives messed it up it just shined a light you know it, it put more eyeballs so you could see the holes in the situation anytime you let the public in anything they're gonna fuck help fuck it up so it's like i said we made that conscious choice though but mm-hmm. so i wouldn't no i wouldn't definitely wouldn't say basketball wise is the reason why it didn't help right <clears throat> um so now though you things seem to kind of be getting to a point to where you're comfortable with the public image of matt barnes how do you maintain, and obviously there's been some things happening lately, how do you maintain that? How do you maintain your public reputation when knowing that everybody is watching, everybody is doing this? You say that you, you know, you're obviously a very real guy and that's something that you pride yourself on, but even when you had the issue that you alluded to earlier with Derek, 
I've seen issues like that in my family. Stuff like that happens all the time. But don't everybody know about right. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can give you a million situations that got way worse than that. Shout out to Uncle Craig. But like, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but just don't don't everybody know about right, it. Right, Did right. you learn anything from that? Um, I mean, I, I just... Everything that's happened with me, like, with the whole Derek shit, like... It was just a, some real shit, you know what I mean? So take away for a second, like, that I play basketball or I'm in the NBA, like, people die for shit like that. You know what I mean? So I just Shout looked at Uncle it. Craig. Yeah, so I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying, So like, I was just, you know... Draw down on right, so I just looked at it as, like, some real shit, like fuck my job like you involved my kids and you know all this shit so that had to happen regardless of if i was the president or if i was an nba player if i was a regular dude like just on some man shit like that was gonna happen you know what i mean so it's not so much like so it's not like i'm out here like <clears throat> looking for trouble or, or or trying to start shit just when real i think when real things happen to me I react how a nigga would react instead of thinking like, <laughs> oh, no, word. honestly, in, like, instead, instead of thinking, of thinking like, brand, oh my yeah. God, my brand, my endorsements, my this, my that. Like, I'm just, I react in, in how a real, just a real life reaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes I have to catch myself and pull back, but sometimes I'm in, I'm in some real shit. And when real shit goes down, I'm going I'm to I'm have to do some real shit yeah. in the situation. So, um, but as far as my image, I just think that people that know me, know me, you know what I mean? So I always said, I had to, you know, if people don't take the time to get to know me, I don't care what they think about me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because there was a time where it was just so much negative shit. And like my, my, my family with my sister would be bothered. My sister, like, you know what I mean? Like she's like a mom and she's always worried about people, what people are saying or doing. I'm just like, you can't worry about people that don't know me's opinion, you know, because mm -hmm. everyone who does know me, you know, knows what kind of person I am and, and they love me for, for the, my, my, you know, how genuine and how real I am. But the rest of the people, they don't take time to get to know me. Like, fuck them. You know, right. so I ran into a situation with my kids, you know, because I was blessed that they were able to travel with me like my last three or four years. So when I would take them to visiting games with us, like they would they wouldn't understand like, Daddy, why do they boo you all the time? Like, do they not like you? Do they not this? They not that. So yeah. I was like it was just like some quick shit where I had to be on the fly. I was just like and they love wrestling. So I'm like, well, picture daddy's being the undertaker, you know, and then every mm. every night I go out there and wrestle, um, the, the other team is Hulk Hogan. So the, everyone always cheers and loves Hulk Hogan, but everyone boos the undertaker, but people really like the undertaker, undertaker. but they just, they boo him because if he's good at what he does. Right. WrestleMania wouldn't be the same without Right. You know what I mean? So that's why I said like they need people like me just like they need superstars and cover boys like Steph and LeBron. And like they need the villain. You know, like I said, when I faked the ball in Kobe's face, it's kind of when I became like the villain. You know what I mean? The the Because the I'm the biggest Kobe fan <laughs> of all time. And when you guys were going back and forth. You probably, I was yeah, like, you was probably saying some shit like you probably say like if I seen this motherfucker I'll slap him. No, this is what I, <clears throat> no what I what, no, no I tell you I tell you the conversation that me and my brother had. My I tell you the conversation that me and my brother had. So we going back and forth, <clears throat> and my brother had followed you since UCLA. Uh -huh. And my brother goes, I'm like, yo man, they about to whoop this nigga. And my brother goes, I'm telling you straight up, the motherfuckers don't want none of Matt Barnes. <laughs> and and yeah. I'm and I'm like, my brother's like, they yeah. don't want none of Matt Barnes. And I'm like, yo, I'm telling you, this dude is only angry because he light skinned <laughs> with good hair and he he, he overcompensating. Yeah. And that's why he getting in, in Kobe's mm -hmm. face. But over the years, <laughs> you, you just start to I just started to talk to more people and you know more shit started to happen. But that like. Like a situation like that was kind of like star making that little that little back and forth. Well, it's great, you know, it's something that happened in 2009 or yeah. 2010. That's like 
current. Like, I post a picture of my kids. Kobe didn't flinch. Like, all right, bitch. I know that You were 10 years old when that shit happened. What the fuck you talking about? You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's something that's always going to be what, you know what I mean? Like, that is always going to be talked about. The Derek situation is always going to be talked about. So, like, Kanye put that in a song. Right. You know what I mean? So, so it's something. What did you think about when you heard that? It was did you crazy. hear the song? Yeah, I did because I, the, I'm, I'm on yeah. a treadmill and Kanye goes, yeah. "Yeah, I might have to be like Matt Barnes yeah, and drop I heard it. Yeah, it was because I didn't, you know, I wasn't up on uh, Pablo at the time. I hadn't even heard the album yet, but when it came out, everyone started hitting me and I started getting tagged. Like, you're mm. on the song, you're on the song. Mm. So, yeah, when Kanye put that shit in there, but that's the crazy part. So he's the one that's kind of started the whole 90 miles. I drove 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Everyone thinks I drove two hours <laughs> mad as fuck. Like, no, nah, I drove Bro. from Marina Del Rey to Redondo Beach. But. Bro, the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the, the way the rumor went was that you were in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And that they were in in fucking in, Redondo, in, Beach. In Redondo yeah. Beach. And I was like, I saw, we was yeah. here in the office. I was like. Motherfucker, do you know how the fucking mad you, you have to be? Stay. You gotta stop and get gas. <laughs> Man, I was like, do you what? know how mad you gotta be to drive Man. from fucking Santa Barbara <laughs> all the way down to Redondo Beach <laughs> <laughs> with the smoke still on you? You gotta get a snack. Yeah. You gotta stop and get Man. something to drink. I'm like, Man. he must really be fucked up. Derek Fish gonna get Man, killed. No, no, yeah, no, it was, it was a 15 minute. You know, it was, it was crazy because I'll just tell you a little bit about it. So. Mm -hmm. All my cars were in Memphis at the time, and this was before I had Uber, so one of my homeboys was staying with me. He had a Bentley downstairs, but I didn't know where the keys were, so I was searching that bitch for like 30 minutes, and he was in Vegas at the time, not answering. So he finally responds. I finally found the, t finally found the keys. I go downstairs and, 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 and start the Bentley up, and that bitch is on a flat. <laughs> <laughs> bitch is on a flat tire, You didn't bro. take that as a sign from God that maybe you... Fuck no. <laughs> I just drove that bitch with the hazards on three miles an hour. You like, lying. I put it on my kids. You lying. You drove kids. down there with a flat tire? I drove to the gas station like three blocks. Oh, okay. To the gas station like right. on three, like on five miles an hour with the hazards on kind of on the side. Like, like I'm going over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what was crazy was I was smoking a joint at the time too, not even thinking like a cop could probably pull me over to kind of see what's going on. But right. I wasn't even, I was off all that. Mm -hmm. Like I was listening to Tupac driving five miles an hour to the gas station. <laughs> Smoking a joint, and then once I got airing that bitch, it was over. I was there in like ten minutes, and I, and I told I called Gilbert like, "Yo, just wrong guy to call." I might I might need you to bail me out later. Yeah, like, laughing, like, like what's going on? Shout out to Gil, man. <laughs> if God. you want to talk to somebody to not to make you not do some crazy <laughs> shit, no, nah, that's was, so wrong. No, it wasn't because I knew I wouldn't get that. From, I just told him to be on standby in case I need to be bailed out. Right, I, that's all the message was to him. But yeah, I, man, that motherfucking car was on a flat tire, bro. But I got, I got Aaron and made it work. Made it work. Had mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. um, what's the most untrue thing you ever heard about Matt Barnes? Most untrue rumor. It's out there. People are like, oh. yo, this is shit. Well, shit. probably like, they just kind of carry on what we were just talking about. That like, Derek stole her from me or left. She left me for him. Like, no, people. Like, mm -hmm. I left her and I divorced her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's... I mean, everything else is kind of just hearsay. Like, there's not too much truth to any of it. But when I hear people say, like, oh, you're mad he stole your girl or she did. Like, no, my nigga. Like, no. So their actual relationship you had no problem with. I, had, I just had a problem how it went down. Like, you can't be around my kids in the house I'm still paying for as a former teammate of mine and not tell me that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't play house with my kids and not expect me to feel a certain way. Like I said, it was just some real shit. The situation between him and her, I don't, I mean, that's my ex-wife. If you feel like you want to move that way, it's whatever. Like, I, 
it's what the move is whatever but my whole thing is like don't be wrestling with my kids and taking my kids to the park and i didn't know all any of this shit till actually went down like don't be doing none of that shit and not just address me at least first yeah like bro we were teen you know what i mean like yeah, we, i know we you cool know. Yeah, 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 we were yeah. cool and you know how serious i take my kids yeah you know i mean i'll do anything for my kids so and after we had after because we you know we squashed it y'all good cool. yeah y'all. we're fine like and i explained to him that situation and you know he understood and you know he he said his piece and do you feel like your your reputation at all was any reason why he was maybe like maybe there were times where he was looking at the phone like i should really hit matt up and talk to him about this but you know what yeah Fuck it would have been something hard to do probably but <laughs> right like as a man i wouldn't have liked it but i would have respected <clears throat> respected it, it yeah that's, that's my whole thing like don't lie to me and just 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 you know respect what i'm about that's my whole thing you mm. know and i don't have a problem like if i could be cool with this motherfucker now like it just i don't hold grudges i don't hold none of this i don't hate nobody just mm. just keep it real from the jump man and we can avoid a lot of you know i got fined suspended and nah he's back on this thug shit you know what i mean i had to clear all that how shit can up, they but like, find you suspend you for something that happened like not on first NBA. time ever the nba did that let's cut this me first time Damn, you ever like, so, uh, there's no question it, it had nothing to do with nba time no question <clears throat> it was at my how are you gonna like you gonna do something for something that happened in my house <laughs> right that's yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. right so mm. first time ever mm. Whole game, but every, everything's cool now. Everybody's Every yeah, cool. everything's cool with me and him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we we're respectable when we see each other, we address each other, and to me, it's about the kids' happiness. So, you know, my kids love them. So you know, my thing is be good to my kids, and you know, look after them. At like I hit him with some real shit. Like to be honest with you, at the time, like he was around my kids more than I was because I was still playing. So I was just mm -hmm. like, you know, <clears throat> you know, talk to them like teach them how to be men you know what i mean yeah. when they fuck up say something to like i just hit them with some real shit because like at the end of the day it's not has nothing to do with me and her it's just about these two little men now so yeah. that's how real i kept it with him and i think once he saw that he just kind of understood like i'm not you know you want to be with her good luck talk about the hair for a second um <laughs> <the fuck> <clears throat> let's talk about this because yeah. <clears throat> you know niggas grow up their whole life and you know, we we put we put do rags on and we try to get waves and we you know we do all we like we put. I in tried to do all that shit the too. Pink magic, yeah, try to do none of that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I promise you, my dad. Had, my dad used to have a Jerry curl like a dripper. Like that's why he's bald now. I think his shit got burnt. But he used to have, like, <laughs> he used to have that pink, that moisture, that pink lotion. Oh, yeah, I was. I that had shit. that shit. We yeah. all had that shit. Mm -hmm. So you feel like kind of a lot of this when you say that you've been through a lot of these hardships in life. You ever feel like that's bullshit because, like. Your hair probably got you into a lot of different places that other niggas like me we had to work for. You ever feel like sometimes you just trying to relate to the rest of us uh, and shit like that? That's or? funny. Nah, see what happened was I used to keep a uh, you know a low fade or a Caesar back. Hate when niggas with good hair do that. Yeah, that's hate it. it. And I Hate hadn't it. really, it was it was an untapped resource. And I remember before my mom died. Uh, untapped you know, resource. You know, my mom was, you know, Italian. And Matt, you have beautiful hair. You have beautiful curly hair. You need to grow it out. So when my mom passed in 2008 is when I kind of grew my hair out. And I hadn't really went back, you know, maybe twice since 2008. I went back to a shortcut. But, you know, my life, my brother said, like, yo, when you grew your hair, that's when you really got on. That's yeah, what, that's what my little brother. That's <laughs> so, when it started popping, bro. It just changed the game. That's so, what it started um, popping. You ever do? You ever think about doing a troll Palomalu and just kind of let's see, let that Jesus I let shit? It, yeah, I let it grow out for a minute. I couldn't let it grow out that long, but I had braids and everything, and you know that that funny that funny man bun for a hot second. You know, yeah, just to kind of let man. that shit grow out for a second and just see, you know, let my soul glow. <laughs> we got but, uh, Matt Barnes. Right. We got Matt Barnes talking about his hair in here, yeah, you guys. Nah, you did that, but, but hold on. But I got a uh, man, Hugh. Shout out Hugh for every man. We're in 
Target right now. My mom, I got a my men's grooming line, so I got a hair care. Oh, let's talk Dang, about yeah, this. Yeah, so on, see man. what I'm saying? People try to That's act like they're not invested into the no, different beauty on, hair aspects of the culture. What, what, all the way do? with it. So I got a uh, men's grooming line uh, called Hue for Every Man. We just launched in uh, 25 Targets, and we're out exceeding expectations. So in November, we'll get more stores. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's a shampoo, conditioner, a pomade, uh, a shave therapy. Jesus Christ, man. And an awakening mist. Mm-hmm. That awakening mist is killer. You know, What you, is awakening mist? What so is that? like what when you, you smoke like two or three joints and you need to wake up a little bit, so it's just this spray like this botanical spray that smells amazing it kind of wakes you up and freshens you back up so like oh like you just like kind of gives you like yeah, a boost. energy yeah like energy yeah it's like, like, a, like a, I had those it's like, it's like, like yeah it's like a toner but it, it's used for a toner but like the way it smells and the way it reacts hits you like it's a it's a it's a wake it's a wake me up you so know? you like that's interesting like any of the things that when you go into these different meetings for this branding and stuff like that has your reputation ever beat you into the room it has, and, you know, like I said, I, I'm sure I've missed out on a lot of deals because people are just like, damn, he'd be good for it, but he's probably this mm-hmm. or he's probably that, you know? So for the people who've taken a chance on me, like I, I really thank them, but then once they really sit down and see what kind of business mind I have and, and how I stand behind my products and push the stuff I'm involved in, like they're like, you know, they're pleasantly surprised, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I have, you know, six businesses that, you know, uh, I'm, personally hands-on involved in um we got the hue for every man Mm -hmm. got the hair stuff we got a fresh press juice company called um liquidology i have a flower company in downtown uh, la called uh old vine i have a blanket company a betting company called active dreamers oh really yeah with jack yeah Uh, i got the kobe blanket Uh y'all see me on the internet with the kobe blanket oh yeah that's right yeah Yeah, that's ours I, I, i sleep Mm-hmm. And then I, you, I, you know, my head's on Kobe's body, and then yeah. that's, I, then I want yeah. some MVPs. There that's me, the yeah. active dreamer. And then I got uh, my own pre-roll line coming out, um, Seven Leagues out in Sacramento. Now. So we got a premium pre-roll line. I'm coming out with my own strand. And then there's one more that I'm forgetting. That's because the last one makes you forget the last one. No, I mean, that, the, the, the last one gets me going with everything else. You know what I mean? I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, how do I want to say it? I'm just someone that I'm a I'm someone that could smoke and still I'm a functioning smoker. Functioning That's the smoker. word I'll smoke I'll yeah. for. So you know I'm someone that could wake up and, and smoke one and, and hit a meeting or wake up and take a bong rip and go to a meeting or a bong rip. Mm-hmm. Or wake or, or you know I used to smoke before I played. Like I was someone that was smoke like before a, you played. Mm-hmm. How I does was that the work? <clears throat> you light it and smoke it. And <laughs> <laughs> but you would smoke and then play an NBA game. So I would, you know. So we, you know, we'd have shoot around like at eleven. We'd be done by twelve. I'd be back to the house by twelve thirty. Uh, you know, roll a joint, smoke it, take a nap, wake up, eat, shower, and go to the game. How prevalent is that? Uh, it's out there. Yeah. I mean, I can only tell you what I was doing, but it's out there. So what I'm saying is that, like, because when we hooping at LA Fitness Hollywood, where I run shit, because <laughs> we talking about what niggas doing the NBA. Let's Heads talk up. about me for a second while I run shit. Um, it's a lot of guys that that come in there and they 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 blaze before we play, and it's like the results are always mixed. Some dudes can like really some hoop, can't handle it, yeah. And some can't handle Trash, it. Some yeah. dudes can't. You gotta know yourself. Yeah, I started doing it in high school. The funny story: the first so time. So you, so since high school, you were playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the first time I had to learn that I couldn't, like I had to build my tolerance up. So, but the first time I remember, I was in this tournament called the Jack Scott Tournament. I want to say it was my junior year, and I had won the MVP like two years. And Kevin Johnson, the former mayor of Sacramento Phoenix Suns, he had won mm-hmm. it like three years in don't, a row. Don't or don't lie, Juan. Kids, do your research. So I was trying to do that. I was trying to 
get his tie his third MVP and then ultimately break it my senior year. Mm -hmm. So I took a have you ever heard of a gravity bong? I've heard of it. I don't really know too so much it's about like, it. Jason remember, knows. Look, Jason had fun in college. Yeah, so you remember like the big Alhambra <clears throat> bottles back in the day, like the yeah. gallon. So we you cut the bottom off that. Jason, you took a couple in your life? Right, so I was, I was doing it in high school. So it's, it's pretty much it's where you put the bowl at the top, and then you like you know you light it, and it's a suction. You put it in water, and you any much smoking like this much. Mm -hmm. And I did it before a game, and it was like remember Teen, oh, my nose itching. Remember Teen Wolf back in the day? Yes. Or like when he was moving, and everything was slow. Like when he would turn, and everything was <laughs> like a New Age Matrix. You haven't seen Teen Wolf? It was like the Matrix, but it was fucked up. I was so high, all my friends were in the stands laughing in the corner like at me because <laughs> I probably airballed too late. So the first game, I want to say I had like 44 points. The second game is when I smoked. We cut score, smoked. I had like six points, airballed too late. <laughs> Horrible. And then the final game, I had 63 points. 63 points. And I didn't get MVP because that one fucking game. game the week. But, but listen, <clears throat> But listen, that was important. Because you didn't realize that you don't need to smoke, you realize you don't need to smoke too much. There it is. So, so, so in the, moderation, like anything, in is moderation, like in moderation, anything, you gotta so learn. Being that you you had such a long career and and marijuana was a part of it, why do you feel like the league or sports in general are are so they pumping these opioids into these brothers Crazy. and and they're so slow to come to the benefits of marijuana. Forget about the benefits. They're so draconian on it. Why? Why do they treat marijuana What's like that word? cocaine? What's that mean? What's draconian? draconian? Yeah. That means like they're super hard on okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put that shit in my... Right. right. Um, I think there's a couple reasons. One, you know, the pharmaceutical companies have their hand in everything. So they realize once people um, educate themselves on cannabis that, you know, their margins are going to decrease sure. heavily because yeah. this is a plant that could, that could change the world. Mm -hmm. Two... Honest with you, I think it's a, it's a it's a black thing. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a mm. black stigma. You know, basketball, football players smoking, rappers smoking. They get high and it's this, Everybody this, and that. Everybody smokes weed. Now they do. Yeah. But before you would only see rappers doing it. And you right. would hear about football and basketball players getting in trouble for it. Yeah. You know now it's it's more taboo. Everybody smokes. Right. Everybody's smoking. But before they were probably just closet smoking, just afraid to admit it. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. You know, and then people are stuck on the old ideologies of you know. Just, you know, it's a gateway drug and it's this and it's that instead of actually, right. Before you know it, yeah. You're done. It actually, instead of just educating themselves, mm -hmm. you know, on it. So, uh, you know, I'm a part of the first ever uh, UCLA-funded uh, athlete cannabis research program. Okay. So, we're, you know, we're taking we're taking a round of funding right now from some of your favorite athletes in the world. And, and they're going to do the, the, the positive, uh, the, the beneficial studies mm -hmm. on what cannabis does to you and, and how it can help you recover, how it can help you sleep better, how it can, you know, do a lot of different things that they'll pump you full of Xanax or Oxycontin or anything to get you back playing. You know, this can just be an alternative. So, you know, our goal is to get our research <clears throat> rolling pretty soon and then take it to the NBA and the NFL. And I know actively currently, I know the NFL or the, excuse me, the NBA Players Association and the NBA are both strongly looking into it. Uh, yeah, you know, they both have moving. they both have doctors there that, that, you know, doing their research and they're supposed to come together shortly and, and uh, talk about that. But then also I'm going to come in with UCLA and sit down with uh, Mr. Silver um, after they're done with that meeting and just, you know, give them, like, I think what I tell people is if you can take the stigma off, the, the high stigma off cannabis, if you can take it and just tell people the beneficial uses, like this is why I use it. Like, let me tell you why we play 
four games in six nights and we play in three different cities and I'm getting in at three. We just had a double overtime game against the Portland Trailblazers and now we got to fly to San Antonio. We play San Antonio the next night on TNT. So we get in at 3 a.m. You can't fall asleep until five or six and you got to get up and play the next night. Oh. I mean, so somebody would drink. Some people would drink to try to go to sleep. Some people would take sleeping pills. But I mean, you smoke that joint and you're, all, you're good. You know <clears throat> what right. I mean? So I think if you can explain like this is why. You know what I mean? I don't need these anti-inflammatories and all these painkillers that are causing other problems in my body when I get hurt. If, you know, if you, you, sometimes you may need them. That's why I think cannabis should be an alter, you know, uh, another alternative. alternative you know what I mean? Right. You know, but, but if it, for me, it was always, I was never someone, I'll drink, I'll socially drink. I don't really fuck with pills. So my whole thing was just like, I, and like I said, I've been smoking for a long time. It was just, oh, I'll smoke me a joint or a blunt or whatever I was on at the time. And I love the fact now that there's medical research backing up what I already, I already knew how it made me feel, but I'm glad that there's professors and, and schools and, and research now saying, okay, this is what it does. I'm just like, yeah, this, this is what it did. It's been doing this for me. Did it, um, do you feel like it helped you in your playing career? Yeah, definitely. Smoking? I definitely think, you know, because people don't realize when you play, man, it, there's a lot more than just playing. And I think we touched on it earlier, like just the world around you, you know, you got to deal all this shit, you know, <clears throat> my public divorce, my sister, sister and Derek, the trouble I've been like, all this stuff is playing out while I'm playing basketball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got all this outside noise and crazy shit and I'm taking care of 15 or 20 people and I'm doing all kinds of shit. Like, I'm lucky like I didn't lose my mind. You know what I mean? So so weed was the thing that always, like like I said, even though some, some shit had came up, like weed was the one thing that kind of kept me grounded and, and allowed me to focus and put life in perspective and slow everything down and realize like, okay, you don't, you don't need to give that your energy right now. You know, let's just focus on this and, and do that. So it was very beneficial for me being able to focus, being able to recover, being able to sleep, you know, do a lot of different things throughout my, you know, throughout my playing career as a whole. You know, I'm, I was in it from 14 and I retired at 37. So I smoked mm. weed the whole entire time. Wow. <clears throat> College, high school, all of it. Everything. Mm. So <clears throat> last subject I'll get into with you. Like you were, you played in LA for a lot of the time. You play, you play mm -hmm. Clippers. Mm hmm. And uh, first of all, were you on the Clippers when DeAndre Jordan dunked on? Uh, I was. I was actually in. Yeah, you were. Sorry, that was the nanny trying to get in the gate. Mm -hmm. I was in the bottom of the corner. So when Brandon Knight came off of me, because you know he was supposed to tag on the help side, because I hit a three before. So he came off of me to help and try to don't know what he was trying to do with DeAndre. So when DeAndre dunks, if you take a look at that footage, look at me in the bottom left corner. I jump up, I cover my face, and I run to the other side of the court. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like I was tripped. That was shit was nasty. That's the nastiest thing I ever saw. Like one of the worst dunks I ever seen. It's crazy because you think that you want to be in the NBA, and then you see something like that, and you realize that can happen at you at any time. But people don't realize too. And another why we're talking about that, like back to people that talk a lot of shit. You don't understand like the 14th man will come off and bust anybody's ass anywhere. Like you the know what I'm saying? 14th like, man, man. People that don't dog, play. Dog, you know what I mean? Dog, give me a give me fuck the 14th man. Give me a guy who played D1. <laughs> For Northern Iowa, and they got when game. he gets in that gym, <laughs> you gonna know he not one of no you. Question. Give me the dude. Uh, do you know how many guys you look at me and be like, "Yo, fan, where'd you play?" Oh shit, I played a little Division two ball down at Texas, Hosford University. Like, like yeah, Dame yeah. Lillard, C.J. McCollum, <clears throat> they came from little programs. They came like from that, little schools, little tiny schools. Frank Nitty, you know? like he went to the same. Like, like those dudes will. They don't you, understand. The NBA is I mean? a fucking completely different. So when level. people talk shit about like, oh, you don't play, you come off the bench, you this like motherfucker. If you could. Do 
do it, you would be out. Like, you understand, like, there's <laughs> 400 positions in the whole world, world wants to play that sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? So any man, shout out whoever makes it. For however long you make it, man, because it's, you know, you're defying odds. You got a better chance of being struck by lightning than being a professional athlete. That's true. So so you were in L.A. for a while. You had a relationship that was, um, that was like, that was popular, but you guys became famous together. My question is, why isn't Matt Barnes out here fucking these celebrities, man? What's going on? Why, why is that happening? I just, I'm older now, you know what I mean? So I just, whatever I do, you know, I just try not to be in the mix with everything. Like, like nobody needs to know. But Okay, so the answer to the question for the people listening to the podcast is Matt Barnes does fuck the celebrities, but he just keeps it on the, on the low low. My whole thing is like, <clears throat> you know, I got kids and then I already got a bad reputation. So like with some of the girls I used to mess with, like, I don't want, you know, because people will judge you off who you, you know, you hang with. So I don't <laughs> yeah. want their brand or image or whatever it may be. You know, because and so I'm, I think like, you know, I think business, I think mm. keeping the peace. I think, you know what I mean? Like, like if someone knows something, if the public knows it, it's most likely going to get fucked up. Like if I'm a, if I'm going to lose something, like let me lose it on my own. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, I don't right. need no help fucking up. You right. know what I mean? So whatever I did, uh, <clears throat> I just kept the G, but I had, yeah. Yeah, I had, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will talk off camera. Yeah. Um, so I asked you who the toughest guy to guard was. Who is the, I guess, the best NBA player that for you, this is the last question, the best NBA player that for you was the easiest guy to guard? Like this dude is a bona fide killer, but for some reason, this guy put a little bit per- less pressure on Matt Barnes and other people. Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't say it like, what I would say was, like every night I had to guard, and I forgot to mention LeBron and KD with that. I mean, those are given. With the toughest <clears throat> guys to guard? I think that we all assume yeah, right. LeBron and KD. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you got to understand, like, every single night my There's no job, guard KD, by the right. way. Mm-mm. It's just trying to Mm-mm. get in his way. And, that, and that's the thing with great scores. A great scorer is always going to, you know, beat a great defender. The situation, what it is, is just you, you want to make them work for it. You know what I mean? You don't want to give them nothing easy. So you just want to know, like, like when Kobe knew that he was playing against me or when I had to guard Vince or when I had to guard <clears throat> LeBron or whoever I had to guard, they just had to know, like, damn, it's not going to be an easy night right. regardless because, first of all, if you start cooking me, I'm probably going to foul the shit out of you. <laughs> if, if that don't work, we might, f- you know what I mean? Right, so right, there's right, just, right, like, right. they know that, like, it's just not going to be an easy night. Now, granted, like, you know, people, you know, I remember that game, I want to say the game against Kobe where he had 37 that game. I faked the ball in his face, but I want to say he took like 32 shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, not just not you want to make him work. You yeah. know what I mean? You want to make him work. You want to make him work. You don't want to get him to the foul line. You want to make them know that every, you know, I'm, I'm going to be tired after this game because I'm on your ass the whole night. So, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, damn, he was dope and he was easy for me to guard because, like, you know, when you become one of those guys, when you become the go to guy in your team, you're one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah. So. Give me you gotta build a championship team right now. This is the last question since you sidestepped that one. Dude, like, <laughs> like 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 um you, you like you, that political you, shit. You got like yeah, right. Right. This is the last you gotta build a championship team. You gotta build it. Okay. Who are the four guys that you put around you? Oh, right now in the league. Forget about all time, because that's easy. I want Jordan. And Charles Barkley and Magic Johnson. But if you're going to build a championship squad, you have to be in the squad. Yeah, I got it. It's, it's your team. So you're I got to be a part of I got to be the – no, I want to be the – I want to be the four man. You want to play four? Yeah. So I want to put LeBron at center, put myself at the four, put KD at the three. Now you think that's going to work, LeBron and KD? Easily. I put Kawhi at the two and put Steph at the point. 
Do you think there's any team in the NBA? Fuck that, no. I can't. So you're telling me I can't make a team to beat that team right there? Oh, uh, you okay? You are, do you have to play? <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for Matt Barnes, y'all. Because I'll sub, I, I'm a team. I'll substitute myself out and come off the bench. I, if you give me one, you know, I'll put Boogie in there and then put LeBron at the four, and I'll come off the bench on that team. But so, but let me ask you a question. Okay, so I'm saying. I'm a team player. So, I, so is there any team that you well, could make? Think of one. Think, no, you think of one real quick. Yeah. Me? And, in you the can, and you're the sixth man. I'm the, I'm you the be the sixth six man. I'm the sixth man. So, so I'm going to come in. I'm going to fuck you up first so and is, foremost. So this is. So when we come in, we coming in at the same time. So this is. I'm the sixth man. So yeah. my team would be Anthony Davis. Mm hmm. Okay. Anthony Davis is going to be my center. Mm hmm. Um, my, my, my two guard is James Harden. Mm hmm. My point guard is Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. We cooking right now. You guys are nice. All right. Um, at the three, I'm going to put DeMar DeRozan. I mm-hmm. just like the way I like the way he plays. Mm-hmm. I like the way he defends. Yeah, that's my little homie. Uh, then at the four, I'm a little... A little, uh, a little torn because I kind of want to go big and I want to go defense. But at the four, I'm actually going to go with Draymond. So that's my squad. So I feel like my team, so it's Chris. Against Steph. It's Chris against Steph. Kawhi against James. Kawhi against James. KD against, who's your three? KD against DeMar DeRozan. KD against DeMar. Fucked up. My team getting fucked up. LeBron against Draymond. That's a good, I'll I'll take that, by the way. And then Boogie against AD. Boogie against AD. And I'll then, take that. And then me versus you. We blow, blow y'all back. <laughs> 30. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's it. Give it up for that part. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> no problem, my G. <laughs>